0: Right, welcome everyone to um, the first episode of Science, Training and Research. This is a new segment um, where me and Sunil are is gonna come in and uh, we're gonna do this on a relatively infrequent basis every two to four weeks. We're gonna come in and just talk about a topic. Yeah, I'll bring something to the table, Sunil will bring something and uh, we'll just sit and just chat. So um, the name of this is, hopefully we'll have some graphics with this by the time this is released. So the name of this is based on was it like DC Marvel? I don't know. It's something called comic-y. I like it,
1: yeah. Yeah, the the it. DC comics. Yeah. It's a
0: cool idea because there's, there's... Explain it to the people because I'm, I'm, I don't know.
1: <laughs> so the, um, the DC acronym is Science, Technology, Advanced Research. And we were thinking of a name and I was wearing that hoodie one day and I just thought, can I make this into like a... Training or fitness related kind of um, acronym. So I, I, I just thought of um, science training and research. So, and then I shot that by you. Love it. And I was like, what do you think? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Right. So we are now science training research.
0: Brilliant. Right. So let's crack on. Uh, now, firstly, since this is the second time we're recording this, because first time we had technical difficulties, let's go over again quickly. Um, how has firstly how lockdown changed? We've been we went into lockdown tier four over here about uh, what has been a week ago almost maybe, yeah, like a week ago it was last Saturday wasn't it? So um, how's that uh, changed your training goals? How's it changed your training? What's it done for you?
1: Like I previously said, um, it's like the, the the third one now. It's not been as you know bad as the first two. So kind of having that experience from the first two it's kind of like going into this one, like, Oh, like whatever, it's another lockdown probably we'll have another one in the future. So yeah, the things that I kind of learned in the first few lockdowns is like the importance of routine and keeping the habits that, you know, you had outside of lockdown continues um, continuing to practice them while in lockdown. So like, you know, getting up at the same time, kind of keeping to your meals at the same time is something that's helped uh, me as well. Um, so in the in into the third one, I've kind of carried what's kind of helped me in the first two, with like the cut going from the first lockdown to um now kind of maintenance in the third one. So how have you found it?
0: Okay. Uh, before before I talk about mine, um so what are you doing diet wise now? So just so everyone knows, I mean second lockdown you did another mini cut. Right now,
1: what's the plan diet wise? So at the minute is maintenance, and and why is it maintenance? Because <laughs> then yeah, it, it feels like the past few months I've just been diet, dieting and, and a calorie deficit. <laughs> so so um, yeah, just decided this time just you know maintain. Um, from the first one is where I lost like the majority of that 60 pounds, and the second one we pulled back around was it nine ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, went from sixty-eight kilos to seventy-six. So yeah. Um, yeah, and then so now it's kind of like just maintain and absolutely. hope you'll be uh, yeah, that's right. Went back to 10. yeah, yeah, it yeah. went from seventy six to about seventy three. Oh.
0: Yeah. So about six, seven kilos. Uh, six seven pounds. Yeah, well there, yes. so now you you're just really lean. There's no point doing another cup. Yeah, I mean you can see yeah. the face now, it's just you know, you've you're lean, you've got six you've got all the definition. So is literally, you're probably one of the only few uh, people that I'd say is doesn't need to cut right now, you know, for a lockdown, just not worth it. And so, um, yeah, you just maintain, I think would be a good idea. That works. Okay, cool. Um, uh, in regards to me, I, I'm still loosely kind of cutting. So I'm weighing in at about 80 kilos in the morning, which is pretty light for me. I think I've lost some muscle this year because uh, I competed at 80 about, what, three years ago now jeez, you uh, know two and a half years ago, <laughs> so uh, I think I've lost some muscle of this year just from workouts and, and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, so um I'm not shredded, but at the same time I'm not exactly fat at this weight either, so I'm pretty lean apart from today's face, which is the result of pizza and chocolate last night so <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I'm pretty lean right now, um, so I reckon i'd be. Contest shape at about 76 so probably about four kilos lower than I'm currently at. Um, so right now my goals are to carry on cutting down a little bit, but I am looking to change train my training a little bit to be a bit more aggressive towards muscle gain. Cause I think I can possibly regain some muscle tissue just over the next few months. I mean, I suppose it's something I should think about it more carefully. How much more can I lean down? Uh, what's the balance between leaning down and then actually rebuilding some tissue um, luckily for me, I've got a pretty decent home gym setup, so I can probably get some good training done over the course of lockdown, as long as I stay motivated, and uh, re-add some muscle tissue. Obviously, if I do hit stage again this year, which is the plan, I don't want to hit stage an absolute rake, because I want to have some muscle on me. So it might be an idea to spend the next few months actually adding back some muscle tissue, potentially. And I should be able to do that relatively lean, because it's all regaining muscle tissue rather than actually, uh, you know, putting on new muscle tissue. So yeah, that's kind of roughly where I'm at. It's, it's if it sounds a bit confused because it probably is my, my road from 96, which was January, uh, 2020 to now 80 kilos was like basically all year, essentially for most of the year, just training and, and dieting. So it took a long time to get it off. You know, loads locked down because, um, well the nature of lockdown, you know, it's a lot less activity all that kind of stuff. I mean, most people, I suppose I shouldn't be too unhappy. I mean, most people do gain weight and stuff during lockdown. And I've, I've always said to all my clients, you should know, just be kind to yourself. But it's one of those things, I don't know if you're the same, but you, 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 say, you can say be kind to yourself to your clients, but you kind of hold yourself a little bit differently. You're more critical of yourself. Are you like that?
1: No, definitely, yeah. Like the, the structure and routine, like what I've learned is like from like a cutting phase is something that I've carried over into like maintenance, and it will be carried over into like a massing phase. Yeah, for sure. So I I love the kind of discipline that you kind of create in like a um, cutting phase. So yeah. I, I was, on the point of like you know where you touched on like saying like the face yeah. um, earlier, I think that was something that I wanted to kind of run by you um, later on. Uh, but that was that's something interesting because from your stories and stuff, it's uh, it's very very different um, in in a good way like oh, that's I've, what I was. Thinking. Oh, yours or mine? No, yours. Yours. Yeah. Really? Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few people have mentioned that actually. Um, so I guess it must be getting to the point where it's noticeable now because I've had a few comments about those. So yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've written it down to talk about later. I also wrote something else down, the how to tell if people a training hard. So, but for now we'll start on the main topic of the day, which is, um, I was going to start talking about my, my recent fasting adventures, which, um, Will either sound interesting or horrific, depending on who's listening. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about what I've been doing. Um, so, basically, I, about a month ago now, on the 6th of December, I decided I would start a longer fast. And I hadn't done any fasting for a while up to that point. I mean, I, I've got a history of fasting, I've been doing it in some formats for about 10 years. Um, but this year, I've not, well, last year, I hadn't done a great deal. Um, I've been mostly dieting with other ways, like I've been doing another type of diet, which I'm actually going to talk about later as well. I'll write that down. Um, so anyway, I started a fast, and I knew it was going to be a longer one. I wasn't really sure how long. I thought I'd, I'd at least do three days because that is how long I'd, my previous one was, from about mid July um, 2019. So I thought I'd at least do three, three, three days. It got to three days, and I actually felt fine. Um, and if anyone's done any long-term fasting before, they'll realize that you don't really get hungrier. You, your hunger tends to level off and it just it becomes quite, um, quite level after a while. And then going into Thursday, I think it's probably Thursday when I started to hear, see and experience most of the hunger pants, but it was kind of just like more of a niggling voice in the back of my head saying, you should probably eat something now. And then that, was, <laughs> that was probably because it was the anticipation of food. You know, whereas Monday, I, I had no expectation of food at all. I just knew that I was going to be, it's going to last for a while. Um, also, I was pretty well fed going into the fast as well. So I actually felt better fasting, you know? like I don't know if you get this, but I, I do. Like, if I've been eating just too much crap for a while, like, hence my pizza face today, um, that I just, I feel better just not eating for a while. Do you get that? Or am I, or is that just me and my body type? I know you're, you're lean now.
1: I can't like. Um, give my experience on that because my diet's been like really robotic. So I've been eat. actually I've got something probably interesting to share. Um, it was on, the- it was- it's going to be on the topic of like, you know, when I asked you about your skin health and um, le- leaning out on the face, but um, like, yeah, cause I've recently just been eating the same, same thing over and over again. So like, you know how I share my stories that like the potatoes, the carrots, bell peppers and lean steak mince. Um, recently I, was finishing off the vita uh, fiber that I had yeah. in the house. Yeah. So then I in, I introduced that back in uh, one day, and then I woke up with like a spot. Mm-hmm. And then okay. it was weird. It was weird because I was wondering, you know, was it that or was it because of like stress outside? But I can't really I can't really say uh, I can't really pinpoint that. But it could have been. Um, that. It could have been. I mean, it was they, interesting. It's quite a lot. Yeah. Bigger, you
0: know i think it's i think it's we had the conversation didn't we i think it's deceptively a high amount of sugar in those things it's not just like fiber
1: yeah yeah okay um so yeah like i've, I've not experienced that with fasting but recently um so i can't really say like I'm on my end but um i tried like pushing my eating window further back um recently just from like you know hearing your experience um and what I found like works well with that is like caffeine um and yeah. just hydration in general. But the caffeine d- does help me push my eating window back. I think there's on de- the... sorry, Kara. No, no, but like from the from the diet and the food point, so, like, with, with solid foods, I've not really experienced uh, that. Yeah. I
0: think mean, there's definitely a lot to be said for the re- being just being robotic. Um because I think what you've said there is almost two extremes. You've got one, the robotic, almost like a bodybuilding style of eating, which is really good. Like, I think that's great for regularity. It's great for consistency. And then you've got the other side of things, which is the fasting, if a picture macros, caffeine fueled. It's almost like you you see it sometimes in these influencers' faces on Instagram. They're just like caffeine fueled, you know, like mornings, <laughs> just like frantically <laughs> doing stuff, you know. And that, it just doesn't look healthy. Um, but that's apparently. Uh, Lifestyle choice these days. Um, I don't think it's great. So um, yeah, I I I like your way of doing things. I like the robotic, well planned out meals so your body knows what's coming. Um, I mean it's the stuff you're putting inside you, that's what fuels you fuels your energy. And a lot of times it kind of affects your mindset as well. I find I find I'm I'm probably in a shittier mood if I've had too much crap um to eat and I don't sleep as well and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, partly that's age, the way that my body handles the food, but then you probably can get away with it if you're younger but you probably shouldn't get away with it if that makes sense so yeah 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 i i i think the 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 whole caffeine fueled mornings for um, intermittent fasting entrepreneurs is a bit of a meme but it is true um, and i've been guilty of it myself you know I, I try not to do that kind of fasting anymore the kind of fasting i like to do is like 24 hour fast or 36 hour fast or longer fast whereas the i think every day when you're Pulling your mornings down I'm not sure how awesome that is I think then you just you get used to the mornings always being really frantic and full of caffeine I'm not sure I'm not sure how great that is um well how did you find it anyway did you, did you find it like that or I guess you only did it a few times so we wouldn't have affected you that much
1: I find like pushing my eating window back makes me more focused on food if that makes sense or so if you experience that yeah um like I like, I think I was, I was speaking to you about this recently, like um, my circadian rhythm, it's like in such a routine now where like everything just, you know, is on point. It's, it might not be on the minute, but it's around those times. And you're going and to sleep early, right? Sorry? You're going to sleep early and waking up early, right? Yeah, like every day I'm in bed before nine yeah. and then I'm like going to sleep around nine, ten and then I'm up at half five every day. And it's like, I'm, I'm stuck in this routine and I and I love it. So, um, yeah, just like I prefer like having the same kind of meals and food choices every day uh, just because I don't like deci- decision fatigue and I hate like having to think about what's going to come next in the day. Yeah. If it's already planned out and I know what's coming, then I'm like doing, not as stressed.
0: Yeah. I think that's where people screw themselves up on diet, right? I, I tell people, you know, if they're dieting or they're fasting, just don't talk about it. And then you can imagine because you know what is there's nothing worse than when you're on a diet or whatever. And people are just talking about the fact that you're on a diet, you're eating X, Y, and Z. It just sucks. Like, yeah, okay. I know I'm on a diet. I know I can't have the cake. I know I'm eating chicken again, but can we just get off the topic? So you can imagine if you're, if you yourself are always having to think about food, um, that's, that's got to contribute. I had this client a couple of years ago who (laughs) he, um, he was, yeah. So he, he was wanted, He wanted to do the if it fits your macros approach. He just refused to meal prep. I said to him, "Why don't you try doing a little bit of meal prep?" He worked a regular job, you know, ninety-five, and so he just said, "No, I don't like the way my meals taste when they're prepped," which is fucking weird. And so I was like, "What? Nothing? Like colds? Like salad maybe?" He's like, "No, I don't like it. Just once. It's even if I prep it in the morning, I get it out at lunchtime. It, it just tastes nasty." I'm like, "That's just weird." So it'll go. It'll go to like food platability, we can talk about that another time. Like The whole idea that he just wrecked his taste buds. So anyway, he would walk to Greg's, right? So it's not like he was his connoisseur of food eating. He'd walk to Greg's, like fucking Greg's. And like, he'd stand there with his my fitness pal out, like tagging it all up. And then he would blow his calories, of course, because how the hell are you going to get a reasonable amount of calories at Greg's? You're not. And uh, his metabolism wasn't really that high anyway. So he just refused to do that. And so yeah, we just ended up never getting any results with because he just refused to prep. So he'd have like a breakfast wrap in the morning and then at lunch he'd have the uh, Greg's whatever with the drink meal deal. And um, it's the kind of thing which sells on Instagram. It's like, hey, you can eat whatever you like um, and you can lose weight and it's just some like, some dickhead with a smash, shitting grin and holding like a piss slice of pizza. And it's like you know, this guy has been lean all his life and he's telling all these people who have never been lean that yeah, you can get lean on like Greg's pizza and stuff. Like it doesn't fucking happen. So that was, yeah, that was massive decision fatigue because he would literally stand there for minutes figuring out what he could have. And by that time, his lunch time's over. So he's eating it on the way back to work. So that's not good either because he doesn't actually enjoy it. He's just like smashing it in his face and then wondering why he's always hungry and not losing weight. Well, fucking mystery, man. Who knows? Maybe you should listen to your fucking coach. So so anyway, that was a massive tangent on being robotic. Um, So, but yeah, back to the diet. Um, Yes, caffeine definitely helps. And getting back to my experience then. So about Thursday was when I started to feel hungry, probably because of anticipation of food. And um, I should say by Thursday, my heart rate and blood pressure were like really low, which was uh, not massively concerning, but it was, I guess, Unusual. So I remember going to sleep on Thursday night and my, (laughs) I've got a snippet, right? And my heartbeat, I could feel my heart getting really slow in my chest. I don't, it's an unusual feeling to describe because it's never happened before, but I was going to sleep and literally it would beat. And then we would wait like a couple of seconds and I was thinking to myself, am I dead? Am I going to die? What's going on? No, no. And it beat again. And so, and I would check my heart rate and it was down to like 38. I was like, holy crap, that's really low. Because I normally hang out at about 51, 52, which is low anyway. Um, and I'm assuming that's because like, I train a lot, you know, and I always have. Um, but yeah, so we've down to like 38 with a lack of food and all that, which is really low. So um, that got me a bit worried. Blood pressure was also super low. I think my blood pressure reached something like 92 over 55 for a while, which is incredibly low. Most of the time it hangs out about 110 over 70. So there was that. And then Friday morning it was the opposite. So like everything was like really high. Well, not really high, but like blood pressure probably spiked to about 120 over 80. Like what is considered to be for most people to be normal. But for me, that's unusual. And then heart rate was up in like the sixties and seventies. So I knew something was wrong. So that's when I decided I better eat something. Um, But yeah, that's kind of like my experience. The first four days were I would say easy to actually pleasurable. And then it was a Friday, which wasn't unpleasant, but it just was interesting that some of the markers were just a little higher than they normally would be, but definitely not in any kind of worrying range. Just for me, they were unusual. Um, it's not like my heart would beat out my chest. I mean, literally 60 to 70 BPM is, is, is what most people consider to be quite healthy. So yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, that was my experience of the fast. Yeah. What, um,
1: what do you reckon? <laughs> Yeah, I had a few questions um, just to like ask you yeah, in terms of like, because I've I'm not, I'm not, pre- not fasted like like you have like over multiple days or even like one day of fasting. Um, the most I've ever done is intermittent fasting yeah. where, ju- where I'm just pushing back my eating window. Um, so like the thought of like the word fasting for more- multiple days might scare some people because, you know, they probably have no experience with um, like fasting protocols. They probably don't know you know what what is involved like they're probably thinking are you not doing nothing like are you not obviously obviously not eating anything but are the things that um they're probably they're probably interested in like what are the things that you are doing that are helping with the fast? Uh, so i was just gonna
0: so with that there's probably there's a few things that i would have during the course of the day because one of the things there's a couple of things one is you like to have something in your mouth, like this food is quite comforting in a sense. Well, for most people, anyway, just having maybe comforting, but just like interesting, have a flavour in your mouth is interesting, you know. And I think, like for example, when I'm working, I sit there often with a cup of tea or something like that. So it's nice to have something. So in terms of what I would have, I relied quite a lot on on coffee, on coffee, coffee and tea. Now it's not strictly fasting, but I don't actually mind having tea with a with a splash of milk in it. Personally, I, I don't see that as a problem because if you're a male or, or female, whatever, with like a maintenance intake of 2,000 or 3,000 calories and you have three calories worth of milk in your tea, then like, you're not breaking the bank on that. So I, I couldn't really care about that, really. So it's fine. So teas and coffees for my for my money are okay. Just don't, you know, take mick. Uh, I think I limited myself to about three teas with milk per day, something like that. But that was just arbitrary, you know, just. And bear in mind, I was, I was training every day as well. So it's, you know, I was burning off. Anything that was coming in, so anyway, there was that. Um, I also another thing that people can have is apple cider vinegar, that's okay, you know. People like to put that in with their water, that's all right. Another thing is just lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon, that's a okay as well, it's actually encouraged. Um, and then of course, you've got a range of like calorie free teas and coffees. So, like I've got this caffeine from Beanie's Coffee, It's all flavored caffeine. I was relying quite heavily on that, I was having loads of those it's, again, it's only like two calories, but they taste really nice. In fact, it's, it's super awesome because my tea drawer at home, right, and we've got all my penis coffees, in And if I open it, I just get this waft of like chocolate and toffee, it's amazing. So that's like my favorite part of the day is just opening this, this drawer and getting this waft of amazing smells. So that is good. And then also, I guess the other thing to note is, from a health standpoint, it's probably wise to supplement with sodium and or potassium depending on what your body prefers or well kind of what depending on what your body needs. Like for me, the way my body works, I quite like to have a balance of sodium and potassium uh, and also magnesium. Magnesium is a separate one, but some people they can get away with just doing sodium. It really depends on the person. Um, but for me, I like dipping in some low salt. That always makes me feel better. Um, and that stomach digestion is great. Hydration is great. So what I do is, I this from my protein, which is a gallon jug, which I picked up for like I don't know, eight pounds like that. and it's solid, like rock solid. I filled it up at the start of the day with um, everything that I'm going to have. So like, it'll be a gallon of of water with maybe a little bit of dilute juice, a little bit of dilute juice, uh, all my sodium, all my potassium, all my magnesium, and so it, t- it tastes okay with the dilute juice. I have to get some like strong lemon and lime maybe some lemon juice as well. Uh, what well, you know, whatever, just so it's a nice mix. And I essentially just chug that for that. the course You'll of the day. Maybe the- it's going off. There's something I said. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I basically used that and I chugged that for the rest of the day. So there are a few things you can have. Um, and that's about it. I think if you're really struggling with the fast, like getting headaches, make sure you're, you are getting your sodium and potassium in. Another thing that you can do if you're really struggling with the fast is have a, um, like a bouillon or ox oxo cube kind of thing in hot water because minimal calories it's mostly most salt and that can get rid of your headache as well. But I fortunately never got a headache once because I just made sure I was well equipped. So from the very first day, that's, that's how I did it. And so if you, as long as you're having your sodium, potassium, magnesium, if you get headaches or just to preempt your headaches, I just preempted. I never leave it a chance. I think one day I had, just water and i had again about a gallon of water by the end of the day i had a headache because i was dehydrated because it's not enough just to have the water you've got to actually have the electrolytes well i do anyway some people can get away with it but i think if you are getting headaches then go with go with some of the electrolytes yeah so that's kind of what you can have in it as i say a limited amount of things which just have more of a comfort for your mouth you know it's a habitual thing you want something hot uh, like boiling liquid with some kind of flavor and that's yeah. That, that generally works quite well. Some people have like green tea, you know, like Chinese green tea. And my my brother's is a bit of fasting and he would have, um, he would have just a mug filled up with uh, Chinese tea leaves and every now and again, he would just refill it from the kettle. So he does that. He doesn't fast as much as, as much as I do, but he, he
1: quite likes it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was actually really valuable because I think there's so many different ways of fasting that people might not think so. They might just think, Oh, to fast I just have to do nothing and just see how I get on and then I think that insight and there's like listening to those protocols kind of helps um kind of give someone like a, the, the understanding of you know what what things they can do to help with um with fasting so uh, before we get into training uh because there was a question that I want to ask you about you know uh re- regarding training um I just wanted to ask you like do you think fasting works better for some individuals with certain lifestyles rather than other individuals. So for instance, um, something that I've come across is, you know, I've heard from other people that when it comes to the part of the day where it's like their downtime and they start to relax, then maybe the focus of like the fast starts to play a bigger role. Whereas before in the day where they're busier and more productive, uh, they're not really thinking about it and they can get through that part of the day, um, better. That's
0: the hardest part of the fast, definitely. It's the um, the evenings and the weekends for most people. But then if you think about it, it's the same with food and, and habits. Like where do people most struggle with diet in general? It's the weekends and the week and the evenings. People can blow I think I, I said I said this a while ago on the podcast, but like it's a meme, but it's quite true for people. It's like people will tell you they're eating nothing all day and still gaining weight. And logically, you know that there's something going on there. But typically what they mean is they skip breakfast, they have um, a bar of chocolate and a bag of crisps at the office, which they forget about. Um, when they just, during the course of the day, they have stuff from the snack bar, maybe something a light lunch, like a soup. Again, they, don't, they think they're not eating very much. And then towards the end of the day, they arrive home, they're actually famished, they've dealt with the kids, dealt with whatever else, and they just gorge themselves before bed. So they can actually replenish some of the calories, which they just are building up in such a massive deficit. And the thing is if you're doing that and you're unaware of it, it's not fasting. You're just literally starving yourself for no reason. And um, it's not a strategy in that case. It's just, it's a disorder basically. So I think people can just eat smash, especially if you get smaller um, guys and girls, smaller women, It's mostly smaller women because they tend to have smaller metabolisms. You can outdo a, a whole day of very minimal eating just in the evening and then some by just having some cakes, chocolates, all that kind of stuff, sugar with your tea. Before you know it, you just smash a thousand calories, and then that's it. All of a sudden, your day of eating nothing turned into... Well, I've not lost any weight, right? and that happens over and over. And then over time, people actually get better at eating those larger meals at night, and they get more creative, and their stomach expands, and they expect it more, so they need that to go to sleep. So then it starts affecting their sleep. It's a big, it's a big lifestyle thing. And then you, you get into these situations where people come to you saying, "I'm eating nothing, and you know they're gaining weight." um and that's how it happens in my experience but yeah to go back to the fasting example that is when most people have difficulty with with food anyway and it's definitely where you struggle the most with fasting so this is why i recommend if people are going to fast talk about timing a little bit if they want to do a longer fast i would start with a 24 hour and just start from dinner to dinner so at least you get dinner every night so let's say your dinner's at, i don't know um seven o'clock it's a pretty regular time for most people you know eat at seven and then just don't have a nighttime snack because you should still be well fed, you know, going into you and then skip that and then fast all the next day. Just stay busy. Like I typically start fast Sunday night and then Monday I'm super busy and then I break the fast at 7 p.m., carry and eat as normal. That's 24 hours. You've just done it. I, I say to most people, you know, if they want to try it, don't try and get it perfect from the start. Just start a fast at a convenient time and then see how far you get. And uh, that's a nice mentality because I've done that with a few people recently because I've been curious, you know, with my uh, experimentation and I say, just start it at a convenient time. Monday's usually quite busy and um, see how far you get. And they go, okay. And then they message me and go, Hey, Faz, I made it 18 hours. I made it 20 hours, I made it 24 hours. And then they feel really good about themselves and then it has other benefits, which then, you know, compound. And uh, it, it's quite powerful too for some people, especially the kind of people I work with. So, um, yeah, I think um, there's a lot to be said for that with regards to, to evenings, being harder times, and that's kind of how I would get around it is make sure you, you do a sensible 24 hours. Um, the harder version would just be eat not at all, say, Monday, which actually turns into a 36-hour fast. But then you're going a complete day without eating any solid food. I find that is psychologically quite hard. And that's really where people struggle. People won't struggle physically necessarily; they'll struggle psychologically. If, like Monday, you can eat nothing, that's where people will struggle. So, like, okay, it's Sunday night. When are you eating next Tuesday morning?
1: That's that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I think on the point of what you said about the twenty four hour fast, uh from what I experienced, you know, just trying it, it's a lot easier than you think. Yeah. Because sleep sleep plays a role in your fast as well. So, people. I think sometimes forget about that, but sleep is counted, uh, towards, towards your fast nice. and the, the longer sleep you get, the better, because you'll be, um, not awake for that part of the fast. So, um, Good in the video game, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then obviously from my experience, like the being productive throughout the start of your day helps as well because you're not, you're not really thinking about it and that time flies. Um, and then by the time you know it, it's like back around to seven o'clock again and you get to eat. So on the point of the 24 hour one, that's, yeah, that is achievable. I would say for, um, anyone thinking that, you know, it's not, um, on, there, on that
0: note, you know, what? I, I'm going to just touch on, you might, you might not have this in your list, but I want to touch on it a little bit. Why I don't necessarily think the daily fasts are that useful. So like people do uh, like a daily eating window between 12 to eight. So they basically always skip breakfast. I've changed my mind on that over the years. I don't think it's that useful. Um, and this is why if you're doing a daily fast, you're, you're always skipping breakfast. And I think that has two consequences. One is you, your body very quickly adapts to your schedule. So within a week or two weeks, your body is adapted to eating more in those eight hours. And then it becomes easier to eat more in those eight hours. And because you're doing it every single day, so you're expecting bigger meals, and then all of a sudden, right at the beginning of that of the you know the fast, the fasting period, when those three meals that you're having between twelve and eight were like really filling, they're like, wow, this is amazing, huge meals, it's great. All of a sudden, they're they're not filling anymore; they're just normal because your body adapts to it. And then there's no benefit because you lose the benefit. It's like, well, I'm still hungry now. Like, yeah, of course you're still hungry because you, you've the benefit that was of, of novelty. You've got rid of it because you've done it every day. So there's that. I also think alongside that at the same time, what happens is your body learns to slow down in the morning. And I think that's, that's dangerous. Uh, well, dangerous in the spur for a fat loss sense, not actually dangerous, but like your body just learns to slow down. So you get lazier in the mornings. And, and again, I, I we were joking about it, but that stereotype of the caffeine fueled entrepreneur, uh, skipping breakfast, you know, it, it's a stereotype, but it's true. And like, so you need like excessive amounts of like, caffeine or God knows what else people are taking like amphetamines and Coke or whatever. It's like just stay awake in the mornings and get through in a really high powered morning. But most people, they'll just get lazier. So they'll skip breakfast, they'll have coffee they'll get lazier. And I don't think that's necessarily that productive. Like, and, and I don't think you'd be able to wake up at five o'clock every morning, do your gym sessions, do everything that you do. If you didn't have breakfast at a reasonable time, it,
1: you, don't, you don't eat, I guess you don't eat straight away, but what time do you eat first, first meal? Um, so rough so when we were going to the gyms I was in this routine of around uh, nine to half nine I would have my meal in that kind of time block and then I'd be going to the gym or making my travel to the gym um, around half ten and I I was I was like stuck in that Um, at the minute I'm stuck in a so around 11 o'clock my first meal so I'm I'm stuck in that kind of routine now Um, so same getting up at the same time but it's at eleven instead of nine. Um, so my last meal will be around I would say now seven. Yeah. Seven to half seven. Okay. And then yeah. So how long is it? How long have you been doing so that? that a week, two weeks? Since lockdown started, my eating window is week. eleven till eleven till seven.
0: It will be interesting seven. To see if you experience that as well. Like it'd be interesting to see if you experience your body starting to slow down in the mornings because you're not having food as early or the meals no longer being satisfying it would be interesting to see yeah
1: i'd be i'd do, you know, do um this experience that i had after the cook and then going into maintenance um was that was along these lines because what i was doing was is i was focusing so much in on my last meal before bed yeah that um it was kind of affecting my my eating so what I mean by that is is like the focus was so high on food and that was re- that was part uh, a part of that to play was because I was focusing in on my last meal and making sure that I wasn't hungry before bed. Yeah. So what I was doing was I was I was pushing my window back um to later in the day to make sure that wasn't happening, but then that was playing a role in my problem. Yeah. So I should have been eating earlier. So I love that. I can definitely att- attest to that, yeah.
0: That was one, that's one of the first things that change actually with lifestyle clients is I get them to eat a better breakfast and it is, yeah, definitely. But it, it works every time you get someone to eat a better breakfast. And then that meme that I said of the people are people who are just like rushing through the whole day, not eating anything, surviving on coffee and donuts. And then gorging at night, you kind of start to placate that. A little bit. I have a number of clients right now who I've done that with and it works tremendously well and it's get some breakfast in you, a reasonable breakfast something which is not going to spike your appetite and then carry on the rest of the day. Uh, but anyway, we, we were talking about, um, yeah, I was talking about why I don't like the shorter daily fast. So yeah, it's two things. One is like, you get used to it. And then two, those meals, you, and those meals no longer become satiating. And then also you tend to have a very lazy, more start of the day. This is what I found over time, not you won't see it now but over time. And so what I think is a better approach is to stick in a 24 hour fast, whenever that's, that's where I think it's the best thing to do. So like now <clears throat> at the moment, I'm on a relatively strict 24 hour fast, but I've noticed I've started to get some pushback on my body. So I'm going to probably try and put it back a little bit this week and um, probably have some days where I'm not just fasting, you know, on such a rigid schedule. I think then you get used to it. So after my, um, Five day fast the week after I started doing ADF, so that was uh, alternate day fasting, and it was no eating Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like at all, so 36 hour fast. And I did that going into the next week after as well, so that was week starting. Let's give you the dates. So, five day fast was week starting 7th, then alternate day fasting 14th, week starting 14th, and then week starting 21st. I found by Christmas I would got to the point where those days where I was eating, I was just famished. So I would go to bed um, hungry um, and then once i because I'd been fasting for like 36 hours and then I'd wake up and I was absolutely starving. So then this week I switched to a 24 hour schedule where I start where I actually had a meal at the end of that. So I would do 24 hours, like nine o'clock to nine o'clock. And just having one or two meals from nine to say 11 o'clock meant that I was waking up in the morning, not absolutely starving again. And it really helped to just balance things out. So whether it's a case of, I think ultimately the best thing to do is probably keep your body off-kilt, you know? So I just, and I think that's why an an ad hoc, whenever you like, probably maybe two days of fasting at most is probably the best for most people. Uh, One day for maintenance is probably quite good, but that's why I like it. So the daily fasting, I think you get used to it too quickly and then it loses the benefit. If you stick in a 24-hour fast as and when, it could be Monday, Thursday, one week, next week could be Tuesday, Saturday. Literally, as well, it's harder to do because you've got to think about it more, but ultimately, I think that keeps you off balance better. And I think then you get the you actually carry on getting the benefits. Because I, I would, I'm not sure, but I would strongly suspect that over time, you'll probably lose the benefit of your current eater schedule that you've been at for a week. Oh, I, I, maybe over it might take a month, but I think i tell you what, it'll be a subtle thing as well.
1: Yeah, that was a that was interesting to hear because like after experiencing like my you know six circadian rhythm like being so on point like this routine that I've got into like I I can now personally understand um, the importance of it and and being in this routine because I feel amazing like on this routine nice. like I want to be in bed by a certain time and I I and then like when it's time to get up I'm up it's it's like this I can't I can't explain the feeling but it's like I love the routine that I'm in. So, and to be out of this kind of scares me. Like to yeah. to to be off this routine. Yeah, because
0: you feel so good.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, how, how how much of a role do you think your vegetable intake plays? And because you're eating like two point one kilos of veg a day, right? Yeah. So we discussed this. So, how, um, just for the audience, how many a day is that? Like, you know, five a day is four hundred grams. So what what is that? Let's,
1: let's calculate it. Uh, so just a. Talk you through my my uh, diet or protocol, um, and I I love eating this as well. So this is these are foods that I enjoy. Um, so so just to give me an idea of when I was training in the gym just recently. Um, it would be 500 grams of potatoes for pre workout, uh, 700 grams of potatoes post workout, and then my third meal is a bit weird because I like to have a bigger meal before bed. So like my third meal is like a, like a buffer meal to get me to my uh, my, my before bed meal. Um, it would be carrots and bell peppers. Nice. Um, so it'd be like hundred grams of each, and then I, I was I was changing it up slightly. So like I'd have probably two hundred to three hundred grams of potatoes. Just recently, with, with the increase in calories, so I I throw in more potatoes with the increase in calories. So that's what uh one point five, and then towards the my last meal, it's mostly fruit intake. So instead of the potatoes, I'm throwing in fruit. Um, so with like berries, so strawberries, blueberries and raspberries, and then that would be around, I think it was around 400 to 500 in that sitting. That's a lot. So yeah, I I've, I really enjoy my fruit and veg, <laughs> like, cause, cause of the sources like, um, something that I get to do with my clients as well is I'll get them like a Google document sheet and just list off their choices for the macros. And I try to get them to identify like, you know, what sources they enjoy the most. So it's there in front of them and they can see it. And then that helps with that decision fatigue. So for me, like myself, that's something that I've done for myself. So potatoes is something that I love. Um, the berries is another one. Like those are my main sources of fiber. And then I'll throw in the carrots, bell peppers, and the spinach here and there as well, just throughout the meals. But yeah, like the, the fruit and veg intake is really high for me and it's it's not been a problem. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's, it's been helping me the most. Um, this is the best I've ever felt as well on, on this. So it's something that I've taken note of.
0: How much fiber is that at the moment?
1: Do you know Have you worked it out? Uh, because now my maintenance has changed again. So like I've, I've had to come back down. With, so, all I'm doing is just adding in the sources here and there. Um, so, I'm adding in more potatoes for the increase in calories, taking out those sources for the, for the decrease. At the highest, I've got a funny story as well. It's a tangent. <laughs> On my second refeed day in the mini cut, it was hard. It was a crazy experience. But I'll go into it after this if you want. But yeah. I, th- I think there's, yeah, I, I think the highest it was was that 2.4, 2.5 kg. Of fruit and veg do you, for, that, do you know how much fiber and um, per day that is at all and I a, could look it up but it's yeah like three, um, probably because they say like around 30 isn't it like yeah. a healthy and or you should be yeah. but I think it's it might be double that or something yeah. but I'm not I'm not yeah. tracking the fiber just yeah you get enough
0: yeah so got, what was the year uh, what happened on your refeed
1: So, uh, I don't know if this is cause I'm a bit like crazy, but I had the first refeed day and that was, if you, look, if you look at my videos on YouTube, it's, it was just primarily rice. Yep. So I was just using rice on my first day. And at the end of the day I was on 3,500 calories and I got to my last meal, which was like the, the rice Krispies. And I was like, you know what? Like I could still eat more. Um, so I threw in like 300 grams of raspberries, I think with that meal. Nice. And then from, from that day, I was like, you know what? That, that was too easy to eat. Like, let me try and try, try make it harder. So <laughs> I'm like feeling more full. So then on my second video, if you look at it, I open it up with like me saying, so today for this uh, second day refeed, I'm going to throw in potatoes um, as a food option. And I think on this day, yeah, same amount of calories, 3,500, but it was less rice in more potatoes are thrown in, and that was a really bad decision because I thought it was going well right. until like the last meal. The last meal put me in a coma, um, <laughs> and it it happened with like the last few bites of the meal as well. So it was, it was really weird. Like I didn't feel it coming on or anything, and then like as soon as like the last few spoonfuls went down, I was like, "Oh no!" Like this has gone. Oh. This has gone bad. <laughs> and that, that was it. Like it was really weird. Because I feel like, you know, I can push food, like food's not a problem for me, but then after that, um, I know this is like a really uh, big side tangent, but after that, um, yeah, I've I've realized like there is a limit you can push with fruit and veg to the point where uh, it could be a problem. So yeah, I think up to a certain point, there is a um, point of no return. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah yeah see maybe I don't need so much melatonin at night maybe I just need to have like two kilos worth of of potatoes that will help me sleep (laughs) 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 all right awesome nice um so yeah let's get back to fasting um so we talked about like timings and stuff and um yeah do you have any more questions for that because we've got a few other things that we'll talk about as well but let's wrap up fasting first
1: yeah um there were a few more things that I wanted to go in. I can throw them by yeah. you and then whichever one you kind of yeah. like. Yeah, a more. I'm a um, So the, one of them was um, your experiences with fasting, uh, okay. uh, sorry, training fasted or unfasted. Okay. Um, also the stigma around like, you know, diets that include fasting. So yeah. I've got down here, like I don't know if you've heard of Core Robinson and the snake diet, yeah, like have. diets yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, I'm So I'm, like
1: they... I, I they, yeah. like. like they get like a uh, shit on basically um but i was wondering like you know we talked about like the more extreme methods that might be better for or might work better for certain populations yeah. um another one yeah i think those two there was there was another one as well like on should we push the principles of portion control more rather than like certain approaches because at the end of the day, like portion control is what is, you know, the most important thing in terms of, I guess, weight loss and fat loss, but,
0: um,
1: just healthier eating. Well,
0: let's start with the first one. What was it? Just say the first one again. Now I'll cover that.
1: Yeah. Um, so it was the, um, experience of training fasted versus unfasted. So people have,
0: yeah. I think I think with regards to training, um, I'm I'm fully in support of it for two reasons. One, uh, or three. So one is that it helps you from getting bored. <laughs> um, so if you're at home or whatever, or if you're at work, um, let's say you've got a nine to five, you go do your job, you come back, and let's say you've got a few more hours to so fast, you can go hit the gym and then go have your meal. So there's possibly you know there's a time factor there. It just keeps you busy, which is good. Um, the other thing is, I think it's important to send a message to your muscle that it's got to stick around. There's this because because of the sports industry, the bodybuilding industry, there's this seems to be this overwhelming need to just feed yourself after every training session, which is you know completely untrue. It's not. Most people aren't there yet. And the type of people who are going to be fasting are almost certainly not the kind of ones who are going to need to have food straight away after a gym session because their caloric intakes are just not going to be that big. Like if you're a Jay Cutler who's eating, you know, 8,000 calories. Well, you're going to have to eat 1,000 calories on the clock pretty regularly throughout the day. Um, but, you know, if you're Joe Blow, whose average intake is two to 3,000 calories, then you just don't need to be eating straight after a workout. So I think there's that. And I think it's important to send a message to your muscles like, you've got to stay around. Now, to support that, I did have a study. I won't be able to bring it up now because I don't want this to get overly sciencey, but I did have a study um, which showed, it compared, it was... Elite female athletes, uh, either training fasted or non fasted, and it showed very little difference in terms of their outcome. So the training was actually potentially slightly decreased, but the outcome was the same. So, what that means is on game day, assuming they were well fed, they were, they were still pumping out the same numbers. But during the time when they were training, the training was slightly subpar, which is okay, which is fine. So, you can imagine for bodybuilding, that's a similar concept you might not get as many reps, but on the day, you're still going to be good because you're cutting fat and you're still retaining muscle tissue. So that's great. So yeah, I think obviously the heavy time of diet, heavy spastic schedules are not the ones you're going to be doing while you're building muscle. So yeah, I think that's going kind to of make my, 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 my quick answer for that is it's okay. And in some situations it's probably beneficial. Also, the final thing is you're probably driving insulin sensitivity really, really high. Um, if you're doing that approach because you're not eating even after training, so training massively increases insulin sensitivity. And then if you don't eat for a while after then you, it, that maintains itself, which is, which can be good for when you do eat, because then you have a good partitioning effect, which is one of the reasons why training works so well. So yeah, I think, I mean, I'm fully in support of it. I don't think it's a, it's a bad thing. If anything, it has has some positive effects and quite possibly training at the end of your fast and then breaking your fast would have even better nutrient partitioning benefits rather than training while you're fed and then fasting the way through, through your recovery so yeah but I, I trained every day anyway so whether i was fasting or i wasn't i trained every day so
1: there you go no great yeah um yeah that was that was the first point and then the second point was um like the stigma around like like the fasting kind of diets and extreme diets or they can be looked at as extreme diets but I think it's, um, yeah I'll say first of
0: all, I think this is a really good one and I I, I have been pushing back on this on Instagram for quite a while. Um, So there's there's an overwhelming focus on Instagram for people in the evidence-based community with very loud voices and large audiences on this push against flexibility in dieting and this push for... Um, yeah, flexibility, not dieting too, too hard, not using anything which is considered to be extreme, just thinking very much within this realm of eat what you like, reduce your calories by 500, add a little bit of cardio, and then you'll be shredded in no time. I suspect that a lot of that message comes from people who previously had eating disorders and who have been anorexic, have been bulimic, all that kind of stuff. And so they aim for moderation because they've come from a very, in what, very extreme place themselves. So going to another extreme, back to that extreme diet, what they consider to be extreme, because they perhaps see shades of extreme in fasting, in very low-calorie diets in, relative to what they were doing before. So rather than going back to that, which for them would be like, oh, I can't do that, that's eating this sort of territory, they push toward moderation. I think that's the wrong direction if you originally came from excess, right? And that's a lot of people I work with. I don't work with people who are in any danger of being anorexic. Right. I work with people who for a large portion of the time may be coming to me up to 50 pounds overweight. The advice for them is not applicable necessarily than the advice for that. A lot of these people are giving out that might be a fairly controversial statement, but I think all I'm trying to do is push for balance. I don't, I don't see balance on Instagram right now. And this is quite a serious point because I think it's important because it's, it's screwed up my dieting before as well. I don't see this push for balance this pseudo push for balance as balance. I actually see it as imbalance. So you have people who have come from extreme eating backgrounds who then push your moderation. I'm sorry, that's not what people who come from excess need. People from excess need to have a bit more. They don't need to push way in the other direction. They need to have a bit more discipline. That's what they need to be taught. They need to be taught how to eat. They need to be taught what the eating schedule is, what a good meal looks like. They need to be taught how to do this for a long period of time. They don't need to be told, eat whatever the fuck you like. Otherwise, you end up like... My ex-client stood in front of Greg's, wondering why you keep failing your diet and being miserable because of that. That's BS. And like a lot of these people in the diet industry who are former anorexics, former believers, I feel terrible for them. That's awful. All that kind of stuff. You had issues with dieting before. Sure, no, I'm not saying you. I mean, like people who have an issue diet before, it's terrible for them, of course. But it's not. It's not to say that that is applies to everyone. And in case, let's just go ahead and look at the obesity statistics for the country. 63% of UK uh, population are officially classed as obese. 63. That is officially the majority. Okay. More people than that voted to leave for God's sake. You know what I mean? So, um, so it's officially the large majority of people who are obese. So if we have a small minority of people who are the evidence-based, the front of the evidence-based crowd saying, Pushing for flexibility, pushing for moderation. Like I said, I'm sorry, that's fucking wrong. It's wrong. There's one guy I know who's pushing the other way. There's a guy called Jackson Peos Pios, from. Um, he, he's connected somewhat to Ryan strong He's from America anyway. You'd quite like him. He's well into. Um, uh, I like. Him. He's well into like um, superhero comics, like uh, the uh, Pokemon, not Pokemon. Ah, oh, you know the one with the hair. The, the Dragon mark. Ball, yes, Dragon Ball Z. Right, he's into that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, if, you're not, if you're not following, follow him. He's awesome. But he's really good because he's been releasing a bunch of stuff on this idea of actually being on a strict diet and not having cheat meals, pushing back against refeeds, pushing back against cheap meals, being on strict adherence diets, doing cardio, all the kind of stuff that we traditionally view of in the evidence-based crowd as not necessary. But again, it, there's I I think there's, there's an inherent bias in the evidence crowd. And where people are massively anti-fasting, they're massively like anti-very low calorie diets. Well, in the research, there's a lot of positives, and the research isn't complete anyway. Certainly not on fasting. We are starting to see some some good stuff coming out with fasting. But I think a lot of the people they're very naturally very skinny people, who are talking to other naturally very skinny people and telling them that moderation is better, and that they shouldn't shy away from 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 extreme diets. That's fine for that population. But again, look at the numbers, the large majority of people who are involved in the fitness industry as consumers, not as content producers, but as consumers, the ones who we're actually talking to are coming from overweight backgrounds. Large portion of my follower base are from overweight backgrounds from 50 pounds, 60 pounds overweight. They don't need to be told, eat whatever the fuck you like. They need to be told how to actually pull things back into the point where they're getting stricter. That's my big, massive rant on that because I'm very passionate about this. And I think it's, it's wrong. Um, and I, I think that there needs to be a pushback in the direction because I don't think the people who are promoting this, again, the very small minority of voices who are promoting this actually realize the damaging effect it has on people. Um, I think they believe they're doing the right thing because from their own bias that it's right for them. So it should be right for everyone. That's fucking bullshit. It's not right for everyone. It's right for a certain proportion of people, but they need to recognize where that approach has its limits and they're not, and that's not evidence-based. And that's my rant on that because I, I think it's wrong. Uh, I'm very passionate about that because I come from that background myself and I needed 10 15 years ago for somebody to sit me down and go look your background has been excess you need discipline you need structure I did a whole 6 month bodybuilding prep and I didn't binge once I'm not in a person who's predisposed to binging or is ever going to be okay I don't need fucking moderation I need I need to be told how to do things strictly for a while so that I can and now I'm much happier that with myself because I am stricter on myself so that is what gives me better results. And I get better results that way as well. So it's irresponsible, I think, for people who are the voices, who again are the content producers, uh, to say to the large majority of the consumers who are a completely potentially different ilk from them, uh, this is the way you need to do things because morally it's
1: right, it's bullshit. I'm no, it. that was great. <laughs> that, 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 that was a great rant and really uh, great to listen to. I, on, on that point as well, like, um that's what i'm kind of learning like you know obviously like dieting is not a lifestyle it's something that you know you do for a phase and then it's yeah it's it's phasic it's isn't it so it's not something that you're going to do over and over and over again well it is at certain phases but yeah it's not really part of your everyday life um forever um and it's like the it's like the discussion on like you know these for me anyways recently it's been like there's so much focus on the approach rather than the, the principles yeah. like the the principle of portion control and you know getting people to learn about their habits with calorie dense options versus you know the the lower um calorie dense options and just incorporating the principles and the foundations and those habits rather than focusing in on you know is it keto is it um is it like you know carnivore is it is it fasting I, i feel like all the tensions like being pushed away from like principles of portion control and it's more like on the the fancier you know terms and trends and stuff um and yeah it's like there's not one thing that's gonna work for everyone It's finding what what the best approach is for that individual so yeah it was it was interesting because like for myself as well i really enjoyed the, the 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 discipline the structure the routine whereas for someone else that might not be the case but for me that just works really well. My personality, you know, my, my traits. Um, I don't know why I started powerlifting because bodybuilding tends to, you know, it's, it's, it's turning out to suit me more in terms of like the lifestyle. I think, so, it be, I think it can be intimidating if you're trying to start because it is so much out
0: there. You need to have an approach and then you just think, ah, oh, fuck it. Um, can I just say on one point as well, like there's something that I wanted to discuss with people regarding more extreme diets. And this, you're a good example of this, right? You ended your diet on, we were, we were, we got pretty low on calories. Like, what was the lowest we got on calories on where, with your first dieting phase? Uh,
1: Eight hundred, right towards the end.
0: Yeah, like really low. Now, what what calories are you currently on? Or were you on before lockdown? Um,
1: this one. Yeah, this one. Just time. just gone. Uh, what like my, my last day of eating, or was it yeah, like on just day. on average? Uh, yeah, three well, thousand. Uh, last day was 3,800 and I think on average, 3,300.
0: Right. So I just wanted to kind of make the point that, you know, this is kind of support what you were saying. Sometimes diets that we do to lose body fat, they're not necessarily going to be for life. Okay. And it's not going to kill your metabolism and uh, a couple of days where you're very low calorie, it's not going to kill you. Ultimately, if it gets the fat off and allows you to transition to be more normal, then like, you know, you're, you're maintaining relatively well on three to over 3000 calories. Um, that's a good place to be. And it's still at a very light body weight. You're very lean as well. And you were on far more than that, like a gaining weight at a very slow pace, like 3,800 calories, 3,300 calories, 2,500 calories. That's a great place to be like, so your diet is not going to dictate what you do afterwards. If you manage it correctly, you know, this is where, this is where I think we need to dispel this myth because people tend to get this approach wrong. They'll just starve themselves for a long period of time and then they'll just eat crap loads of food and they'll be like, what went wrong? Like, well, the approach is flawed. But if you do it properly, you can have, and it's sensible if you know what you're doing, you can have a strict diet followed by a slow sort of build up into calories and you can be eating a hell of a lot and like you are, you know, it's, it's a good amount of food. You're in a good spot now. And also in case people haven't seen go on Sunil's page, he's still shredded out his mind. So it's, you know, it's one of those where it's, it's not like it's fat weight. You can, you can just see from your face, you know, you're lean. So, yeah, I think we need to dispel that myth as well. Like you're not going to lose any muscle. Assuming your training, assuming your protein intake is relatively high, then you can regain all that muscle. You can push that metabolism back up slowly, and you're in a good spot. And it, it works. So, yeah. This is how I've done it with people, like, all year. It's been getting people who are formerly very, very heavy, nice and lean, and then getting to the point where... They've got a decent metabolism and they can live that for life. Where it's messed up is where people don't have the discipline to do the rebound properly. I had one guy who just couldn't control his appetite. I'm not going to mention any names, but couldn't control his appetite whatsoever, and he just just didn't have the discipline to actually stick to a calorie number for a while. So blew his diet on a number of occasions. Not sure what he's doing now, but that's one quick way to just screw your diet and screw yourself really. Um, but if you do it right, if you follow your coach's orders. Don't keep complaining about fucking appetite and stuff. Just, you know, sit there for a while. Then you're generally going to be all right. But it works.
1: Yeah. On that point as well um, of the rebound, um, just from my personal experience, um, some things that I've done recently um, in terms of after the mini cut and stuff that I didn't do before. Because, do you know, out of the first cut, the big cut, um, when I came out of it, The approach I took was pretty crazy because I was doing all those high protein recipes and every week I was trying a new recipe and that point on decision fatigue I was not practicing the first time so I don't know how I came out of that (laughs) and in a successful way because I was making all these treats and pizzas and all of that and out that first time uh and then that led to those issues of you know the food focus I think yeah and then coming out of this mini cut I approach this very differently. Uh, I came out of it with the you know potatoes and fruit and uh, veg intake, which was a lot easier. So I think making those choices towards certain food items, um, like uh, on the point before about calorie dense options versus the low calorie dense options um, makes a huge difference. and just making that habit of uh, allowing yourself to eat more for less, which is something else I try and preach. You, you, get, you get to eat more in food weight as well, which I found to be very helpful. So on yeah. that point, that's something.
0: I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point, actually. It's a very understated point. It's this idea of not thinking about the diet too much. Um, one of the, I don't know if, if you've had the same experience as, as being a coach, but one of the areas where I think I'm going to experience trouble with a client or they're going to feel trouble is if they're overly interested in what the diet should be involved in, like what the diet should be If there's if there's too much focus on what I can eat, what I can this, what I can vary, all that kind of stuff, it's not robotic. Then I start to get problems. Like I have clients who are coming out of a diet phase, and literally every other day, it's like, can we raise calories? Can I eat this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Like, holy shit, you need to chill out. Like this has been it's been 24 hours, you know. That's a really good point.
1: I I could talk so much about. So, you know other stuff. But I don't know where you want to take this from here, but yeah. um, with with the um, current you know season that we've just gone through, so not tracking around Christmas. Yeah, uh, I've gone down another rabbit hole of learning about not tracking your macros um, through you know other because I listen to so many podcasts, it's crazy with like I, doing my steps and stuff. So I, I get lost in podcasts and I just remember little things from each one. So I was listening to um, Eric Helms because I don't know if he still if he still believes in this, um, but of not tracking macros or taking the approach. But the initial habit of tracking helps, but it's not something that, I think people when they start tracking, think they have to carry on tracking for the rest of their life. And that's not true because the habits you build with tracking initially are habits that you should carry on uh, with after. So it's like understanding the importance of, you know, which food items contain, you know, or, or, or calorie-dense, um, and then ident- identifying which options allow you to eat more. So again, going back to that previous point, um, yeah, it's just like I, I could talk about so much stuff, but yeah, like the people that, you know, start tracking and then hear about not having to track again, kind of get stressed or panic about that thought, but you're, you're building these habits, um, you're, you're building this approach towards, you know, your options, which I think in turn uh, should... I, th- I think tracking should lead to you not having to track in the future because you identify what approach works and the obviously obviously, the importance of overall calories as well at the bottom of that approach yeah. or the foundation. Um, yeah, there's so much I could talk about there, but I'm just going off two here.
0: There's two points uh, just to kind of back up what you're saying there, like I don't track right now. For the large majority of 2020, I didn't track calories. And I lost 16 kilos. So, you know, I bother. just, I just knew like you, you know, I knew what I wanted to eat, I certainly eat times, all that kind of stuff, I just find that easier. Also another thing is um, looking for information to support usually eating more. You know, I've had that, I've had that with clients, like guys will finish a diet and then again, it's the example again, like 24 hours, we've set the diet, you've answered the question, 24 hours later it's like, uh, coach, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about how we should eat more. Coming out of diet, what do you think about that? It's like, yeah, you know what I think about it because you've got the fucking plan. So maybe I, should, I think you should stick to the fucking plan. <laughs> that's what I think. And then like, that's what you want to say to them, you know? Because you know what they're angling. They're like, oh well, Coach. I just kind of want to know what you think. It's like, you know what you actually wanted. You wanted me to say, yeah, go have a fucking cheat meal like KFC. Like, I know what you wanted to say. You know what you wanted to say. Like, we both know. Like, let's stop beating around a bush. It's like, oh no, Coach. I can't believe you said that. It's like. Yeah, but like i I've, I've fielded all those before and like you know when you're gonna have issues with someone because that's 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 the way they come across it's when they bs you that i i really i don't really know what to do with that it's like dude just say you're hungry say you want some more food but like stop saying like i watched this podcast and I'm, I'm trying to be really intellectual about this like look just say you're hungry you want more food you can't stick to the plan fine you know cool eat, eat eat the kfc fat fuck but like, but but yeah no i think I think there is that I think people will look for information to support what their bias is, and you know you can find it you look hard enough you can find it. um yeah, oh, I want to say one more thing about the snake diet as well i think um yeah i they do get pooped or crapped on a lot i I'm not the little I know about them is I think he's um i don't really like the way he speaks to his people I think he's very he he, he kind of, he does a lot of swearing
1: involved at his own people, which is weird he's a pr- his approach is like very unique and you either like it or you hate it i think that's okay. what okay i've taken away
0: yeah i I tend to be very supportive so i don't i'm not really that like i don't i, I would never talk that way to my clients at all um yeah but like yeah and i think it, isn't there this weird thing about i don't I, I might get this wrong but do they drink their own urine is that i think
1: i've not heard that i've really, really heard, I heard
0: the, that i heard that
1: Oh, I've not heard of that one. No,
0: okay. that's what I heard. I don't know if, I, if I'm right. If I'm wrong, then someone write in the comments and correct me. But that's what I heard. Anyway, um, I don't know. Right. How? Long have we yeah, yeah, we've been going for about an hour and 20 ish after we started it. Okay. We can do like one or two more. I'm good for one or two more. We'll go from there. Yeah, is there anything that you
1: wanted to
0: so I wanted to rant about the VLC, the the very low calorie diets and, and diet industry in general. So I've done that. So that's good. Um, was there anything else about fasting? Or if not, actually, we could probably call it that. Uh, is it paused? Sorry. No, it's not. we can pause it. No, oh. no. <laughs> you're live. You're live. Um, I'm carry it on.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Because> all right. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, I was just gonna, oh yeah. So I was gonna ask you like, is there anything that you experienced with like skin health or inflammation while you were fasting?
0: Yeah, there was, there was a lot of things. Cool. So,
1: um,
0: I, I experienced much better skin um, while I, after I started fasting. Pretty much that first five day fast, it completely, I was noticing um, a bit of redness in my cheeks, which I never get, because I've got um, more of an olive undertone. Um, like you, um, you can see it cl- clearer on this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it clearer on, on your skin, more olive. My camera's a bit messed up, but so I look more. But um, yeah, I've got more But so I was getting some redness under my cheeks, and I attributed it to my vegetable intakes. So I'd have like 800 grams of vegetables. Um, so, but that all cleared up. So I don't know what it was. That cleared up. And here's a weird thing inflammation wise, my knees and elbows felt better. Now, I mean, I don't have bad knees and elbows, they're fine. But I mean, you know, I have been lifting heavy weights for two decades so you know there are some issues with like squats and deadlifts but i felt great like, i felt i was squatting fine and uh, okay so um there were some knockout i i got a lot of positive comments on my instagram stories about like the way my skin's looking all that kind of stuff so um and you said you noticed
1: no that that was like a point i made here as well i put um skin's looking very healthy like you you looked really good on your on your story in that car video you made so yeah. cool. um i was wondering if if you noticed as well I, I definitely noticed.
0: family members noticed. like people on Instagram were just messaging and saying, you know, you're looking really healthy. I said, like, that's good. That's good. So, um, I felt better. So I think, and I, it's one of the things which, um, I've been experiencing with some of my clients as well who previously been a bit heavier is that their skin is a, some of the first thing that tends to clear up. So, uh, I think there's definitely something to it. Yeah. It's probably a, a very effective way of just improving skin health. I imagine maybe down to, I see control I don't know I don't know if that's a bit bro I don't know what
1: because I, I I suffered really bad with acne and spots okay. um, but recently while since was it um like just before the lockdown and through the lockdown and after the lockdown I've been you know like I mentioned before very robotic with my diet and my skin's been like the best ever so I wonder if like a elimination kind of uh process diet uh works towards that but I can like identify now that you know what i'm eating and the routine that i'm in is working well like just overall and for skin as well um because it's food choice yeah, it's just being leaner mate yeah mate yeah because I, I, can't, I can't pin it down so it's like i'm trying to figure out it's probably just overall health isn't it yeah i think so i think, so.
0: I think your body can probably deal with a lot of pollutants unless it's always stressed by being fat you know um, and I think if that's the case, and you just get lean, I think your body can basically react, adapt to most of um, it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's probably that. Pro- probably that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like the the Vita fiber experience is interesting because as soon as I ate that, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, that happened. So I was like thinking about it, and I was just, you know, just wondering, you know, was it the this new food that I, I introduced in that yeah. caused it, or was it something else? But I wonder, yeah, interesting if, I wonder if
0: that reaction would have been worse when you were fatter.
1: Because I remember asking you about this on one day um, in my, in my refeed day where I was like, I had this reaction on my face after my refeed window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? So yeah. I think it is something to do with certain food choices. It yeah. has to like, be something to do with that because I'm having these reactions and stuff. Yeah, so um, I thought it would be interesting just to kind of run by and see you know the skin health
0: i think people are like, yeah, about you know i think that's certainly something that people will, will enjoy if they if they decide to do it fast it's a nice side benefit for sure definitely yeah mm. okay cool right we will call it here um so yeah thanks everyone for joining in the first science training research if you enjoyed this let's know let's what know what kind of topics you want us to talk about and just if you like the combination of, of me and Sunil just chatting um, and uh, yeah uh, I think this is going to be the, the rough format moving forward Is just bringing together a few topics and just talking about them and being a nice nice way to kind of like just talk through some some ideas cool all right man I'll see you next time